My name is Tom. I shared my Steam library with my friend. Then we chatted about it. This is... Two guys. One library. Welcome to the Midnight Gardens. Um, uh, this is uh, Two Guys, One Library. My name's Tom, and uh, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr Colin Ramsey, who is a prisoner of the Swadian kingdom at the moment. So how are things? Yeah, normal, you know, Swadians, par for the course, man. Yeah. I need to get you on uh, Mountain Blade. Uh, I, I mean, the whole reason I suppose this has come about is because... Uh, lockdown has been so much of a bonus for my gameplay uh, time yeah, um, that I just don't, I, I wouldn't even say I have time for Mountain Blade. No, no it's it, it's a hard balancing act that's been foisted upon us. Yeah, what between all of the trash games that I've downloaded and all of the other trash games that I already had, yeah. thanks to your library. Hey, well, that's why we're here. Um, okay, so this uh, it's been a long time coming because of, uh, of course, I've been in a zorb, um, being held in cryostasis, a cryostasis zorb, if you will. Yes, and I've been absorbed, absorbed. by watching the live feed of Tom in a zorb. It's uh, <laughs> it's a never-ending cavalcade of fun. I'm on Twitch, um, <laughs> so do join me. I, I'm always uh, if I, I, I don't respond particularly well to saying thank you for the sub, thank you for the points and all that kind of stuff. Have you have you watched any Twitch streams ever? No, but I think when I uh, if I watch people playing games on YouTube, then I think those are recordings of things that have happened on Twitch. So yeah. you can see people subscribing and they go, thanks for the subscribe. And have they you, have like subscriber tar- targets and things yeah. like that, which is really beyond my ken. But have you, have you ever watched a live tw- Twitch stream? No. Okay, right, don't. Um, well, but but they're... There are streams, so that if it's let's say a, a StarCraft player or anyone that does you know esports for a living, um, it could be like four hours long. Well, yeah, and some of them are. Um, I don't want that. What I've found is uh, uh, there's there's a couple that I, I really enjoy the enjoy videos that they make, and like you say, they're, they're sort of compilations of them playing games. Highlight reels. Yeah, um, but when you watch them live, it's uh, it's just aggravating. Kind of, there's always something in the way. They're going like, "Oh, thank you, thank you, Violet two 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 for the uh, for the sub. Thank you for the points. Let's get the hype train going." There's something called a hype train on on Twitch as well, where you get a certain amount, and people are just flinging money at at stuff. Anyway, bizarre. I did see that actually. Um, uh, someone that I watched on YouTube had that whole. Well, it was a, a video of what happened on Twitch, and someone had donated one hundred and thirty dollars. I was like, "What? <laughs> yeah, why?" Yeah, it's it, imagine doing that to like the generation game or something. It's like kind of, <laughs> you know directly baxing Bruce Forsyth. Um, or anyway. uh, what was that uh, thing where the catchphrase? I think it was Michael Barrymore, if you remember him. Strike oh. it rich, strike it lucky. Yeah, where it was. What was a hot spot? Not a world. <laughs> and then people go donate, donate, <laughs> donate. <laughs> Just no. Well, the, I mean. Riddles, the riddles that that man is involved in. <laughs> Indeed. Um, yeah, hard to say, hard to say. Uh, so this this time, we're going to discuss uh, two games which uh, the other hasn't played, and then one which uh, have slightly defeating the central conceit of this podcast. But um, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> to, to put it simply, 
so let, let's because uh, this is emblematic of um, uh, I suppose of our our our, our lockdown and shakedown and um, and funky town uh, gaming journey through the past. I've how, never how been funky in my entire life. No, no, you, you aren't. Right and uh, I, I'm I'm currently wearing sandals and socks. So, uh, <laughs> I've, I've ah, hit, beachwear. I've, I've hit that point in my life. Um, so I. I I'm currently at the final death throes of um, Cowboy Hellscape Red Dead Redemption 2 and you recently played uh, Plague Tale Innocence, I believe it's called. Is it Innocence? Yeah. Um, so it's one of those great games that is like um, title, colon. Colon. Col- colon. Semicolon. S- yeah. <laughs> Space Marines, colon. And Aliens, colon, maybe. Two. Uh, so, it's it's got that going for it. Um, I don't know how you feel about those those sort of titles, but maybe that's something we could discuss in in the vector that is this game. Um, yeah, well, I mean, when you, I think you were. It was quite rare when you said uh, I bought Red Dead Two, mm. and I was like, oh, it's, that's quite pricey. That's, that quite seems like a real indulgence. Yeah. Um, so I I kind of had an anticipation of how it was going to go. Um, because obviously it's a massive AAA title, um, the triplest aest of all titles, triplier, aier. Why can't it be a quadruple A? Well, that's a discussion for another that time. That is, yeah. But I'd um, relatively recently I played GTA Five and um, been extremely disappointed by it. And it, to a certain extent, I think you were disappointed by Red Dead, um, but also. Oh don't, no! Don't talk of it like it's over. It's not over yet. How many hours have you got? Um, you, as you said. The it... Epic Launcher has this... Because um, I got it on Epic uh, for, a, for a sale. <laughs> Which I, you know, I'll limply say that they took like 3% off of it. So it was, it was the most I'd spent on a game in a long time. And I you know, preface this by saying that it's, uh, I, I really, really love Red Dead 1. And it was I remember sending, um, sending my friend out to Truro to... Uh, Go, go, <laughs> go to the depth. Go to the frontier that is the true. Docks of Cornwall, <laughs> indeed. And um, <clears throat> and bless her, she 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 got into. Um, oh, where'd she go? I, I'm trying to think of the place in Truro. This is irrelevant to anyone who's listening who doesn't know even C- what Truro is. Might have been CEX, yeah. Computer Exchange, and uh, and she, and they they ID'd her, and her ID was in her car. Which was parked back in near near a big supermarket, where the so she had to walk all the way back out of town, and then she came back and she was just steaming how angry she was. Have your crappy game. Yeah. And it was in in that in that moment, I was like, I'm sorry. It was almost like a, a disappointed parent gone. I've gone to the effort. You better enjoy this. So was that when it came out? And this that was Red Dead One. Uh, it was fairly soon after it came out. I got and on Xbox 360. Because I played it quite a long time after it came out and this was a long time ago because it's been out for god knows how many years now many years yeah yeah and um i don't think i'm as into the aesthetic of it as you are you don't like cowboys they're fine why I don't mean, you like they're cowboys? just they're just fellas in hats what's wrong with cowboys lots of fe- i'll tell you a good story about that um fellas in hats is uh, my cousin who uh john uh, he uh he, he John Marsden. John Marsden, come here, you little beauty. Um, yeah, John, fantastic guy, and he did a really good gaming podcast actually, which I'll, I'll 
maybe I'll link it in the bottom of the the, the details in Very this. Generous. But um, I remember we were we were kids. We were kind of kids and uh, young teenagers, yeomen of life and kind of thing. And and we were all sat down and we were watching the Magnificent Seven. And he wasn't really following it. And he was just like. He's like, who were those guys? And they were like, well, those are the good guys. That's your Brenner and all this kind of stuff. And he went, I can't tell. They've all got hats on. (laughs) (laughs) God, you've you've solved so many problems there. Racism, just wear a hat. Just wear a hat. Trans, wear a hat. Yeah, it's like, I don't see differences because I'm so, I'm fixated upon um, just headwear. (laughs) Uh, Which I I think is, um, there's something in that anyway. Um, And then until you become hat blind. Yeah, I suppose yeah. so. Uh, um, anyway, um, yeah. So, so going back lot... to your original question, um, a, a lot of time I've spent on this game. Yeah, um, more than is healthy. Because I think what you were going to say was epic. Where you bought it from, it changes after a certain period of time. Has it passed. seems to. It yeah. it changes hours into days, and then presumably at some point into weeks. So rather than saying oh, I've spent, I don't know, sixty hours on it. It says however many days that is. Yeah. So how many days are you? I'm um, I'm currently at four days. Okay, so that doesn't seem too bad. But it the it, it doesn't bother me the amount of time I spend on a game, particularly and and you... unless if you enjoy it. Well, also not. I mean, there's I, I think these things are experiences in a way. Not to be too <laughs> kind of holistic about it, but this is a my my, my gripe with I've got a lot of things to say about <laughs> Red Dead Two. It sounds like. I don't regret going out with that girl. It was an experience. It was a formative experience um, in my life. I, I fell off of the dinghy. How are you? It was an experience. You know. How is the game? The game is... Uh, it, it's one of the... Uh, the best way I can describe it is... It's a sneaky David Cage game. And I'll explain that in a minute. Okay. Tom's just gone to get another Foster's. Uh, David Cage being the guy that did uh, Detroit. Yes. Um, and loads of kind of like semi-interactive stuff that tend towards having a heavy narrative yes. on uh, uh, interesting gameplay. Um, what was the one with the fingernails? So the the, the first one that um, they made, uh, I've forgotten the name of the, the studio, um, uh, they made a game. Heavy Rain? No, that was, no, before... that was the third one. Uh, there was one called... Uh, the first one was Om- Omnicron, and and it starred David Bowie. Oh. And David Bowie did a voice for it and stuff. I remember, um, yeah. I remember my friend Sam and me playing that and just marvelling at the uh, the janky five polygon sex scene that's in the <laughs> intro. Um, and then David Bowie going like, "Hey, I'm in a computer game," and. And the next one was called uh, in America, I believe it's called Indigo Prophecy, but it came out as Fahrenheit, um, which was really interesting uh, as, a, as a game. It was like quite revolutionary. It was, um, but David Cage's whole thing is about quick time, mm. quick time events. And Heavy Rain was this laughable game version of the Mel Gibson film Ransom. But there's one between Heavy Rain and Detroit being human. It's uh, Beyond Two Souls. Yeah, which uh, with I, Ellen Page and Willem Dafoe. Which I've got on uh, PS Plus, yeah. and I've played a little bit of it. The opening scenes are in like a, uh, some kind of like boring yeah. thing, and I found it very dull. Yeah, um, Ellen Page uh, later accused David Cage of uh, sexual uh, indiscretion mm. on set and things like that because it involved a huge amount of mocap. But um, the, these games are, are based around QTEs, 
which are are in themselves <coughs> a gameplay mechanic, yeah, which can work really well. Popularised by maybe God of War. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Um, and, and you know, you have these amazing <coughs> monsters descending on you, yeah. and you have to press the right buttons at the um, right time. Whereas in uh, David Cage's games, it's more like press A to be social. Yeah, um, and even to the point in Heavy Rain, it was uh, there were moments where you would again he very he was very keen to sort of do realistic moments so there were bits where you'd move the the joypad sticks in in sex scenes or um Ooh. or holding i mean the classic one is uh, in heavy rain is the press x to jason uh he's uh the the main character i well there's four characters but the main the man character the, the dad who loses his son in a shopping center or a mal Mal. 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 A mal. Uh, he, uh, you basically can, if, if thoughts come up, uh, they can sometimes act on them, and so you can push, and so it came up with an X, uh, in, and it said Jason above it, and you just went, Jason! <laughs> Jason! And so the, it became memetic, and it was a sort of press X to Jason. And so you compare that to Red Dead 2? So, yeah. Uh, the, you've got, you you've got several elements to the way that Red Dead works is like the the main thing is you're a gunslinger so there's a shooty element there's an action element which radial menu um, that that all works pretty much the same as it did in Red Dead 1 the, in in fact the dead eye the kind of bullet timey westerny thing works quite well uh, but you end up using that quite a lot because it's not a particularly elegant system um, to do it without so similar to uh, the thing in Fallout that system yeah, yeah. very similar or, to that uh, Max Payne Max Payne yeah um, but with less elegance yeah less style um, you know it's, it's pretty cool but you know it's functional um, well the, I suppose it's designed to emulate the yeah, kind of draw from the hip exactly sort of. yeah it's, it's meant, it, it is meant to be stylish you know. and, and in Red Dead 1 that was done with aplomb and gusto, anyway, the comparisons, they, you know, you can compare it all day and, and you'll end up on the side of going like, well, I've seen this before. <coughs> and you have. Um, but Red Dead 2 surely has a lot more of uh, more freedom. It's an open world yeah. game, which um, stuff like uh, Heavy Rain and, and Detroit being human. They're very are. linear. Um, and the, the problem is that you can have an open... And this is one of the big arguments with... Um, Companies like Ubisoft, I guess, that, um, especially Ubisoft with Assassin's Creed, is big, big worlds and nothing. And and your the actual gameplay loops that you're engaging in are largely unsatisfactory. What Red Dead Two does really well is its writing is superb. Its characterization is second to none. Um, the voice acting. And the main character arc of Arthur Morgan, who you play, is just, it's fantastic. It's, it, it, it reminds you of Unforgiven, um, you know, especially Unforgiven. I, I, I don't know, there's all those classic westerns that you love. So, or hate. at the moment, it kind of sounds like you like it. Uh, yeah, I do. But at the same time, it also sounded, when you were describing it to me before this, you hated it yeah the um i think there's the i'll give you i'll give you a couple of examples of um of moments the the problem is you have these moments which are uh, like where you see behind the veil of the game and you either laugh or you cry and so sometimes you go like 
okay, I, I understand what what is happening here. Now, the point of the game, the point of a game, is to cover up the fact it's just a series of button presses to get to get you to the next bit, and that is meant to be either thrilling, a game of skill, game of chance, whatever. However, it kind of ends up being kind of entertaining for it to happen, and so there were some really wonderful bits of. They're always the, the wonderful bits are always anchored around the storytelling, um, where you ignore the fact you're just doing uh, grind work and it's repetitious mission play. <clears throat> and the other side, when you see stuff which is bad, there's this wonderful bit, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna. There's no spoilers in this actually, because I think it's it, because it's the best thing about the game. I don't want to spoil it just in case, but. Um, before Arthur Morgan dies at the end, oh. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> you see what I did there? Um, no, there's this wonderful bit where you, he it it comes up with a mission title and it's called Red Dead Redemption. You're like, right, okay, this is like like it's like watching Return of the King, and you've you've gone through like five of the endings and you realise this is the <laughs> final ending. Um, or Pearl Harbor, where you know, oh, Pearl Harbor's finished, and they go, no, we're bombing, we're bombing Japan now for another hour and a half, and you know, these things I love, um, but I go like, oh right, okay, gearing up for this, and it tried to do that thing that uh, you might remember. It's one of the most amazing bits in Red Dead One, where you finally got across into the kind of the new, uh, the, the Mexico. No, I did not get that. Far. You didn't get that far. No. Okay, so it has this bit where uh, you, you get across this boat. Uh, on this boat and you you enter into the desert kind of area and it's got Jose Gonzalez who um, who's playing this well, fiddly guitar yeah, guy yeah fiddly guitar man um, with his <laughs> voice and and he's singing this song which is like oh, thing and it's great and you're kind of just trotting along and it's this wonderful moment yeah. and um, and so it tried to do this thing an almost identical moment where you're travelling back to the camp to make this final confrontation and everything's going to be redeemed and you know that Arthur's really ill and he's going to die. Spoilers. And, TB? Um, it, yeah, the TB didn't help. Let's put it that <laughs> way. <laughs> um, it never does. It, it doesn't, no. <laughs> Please write in for any moments where TB has helped you as well. You know, We'd like to have balance. Well, Thomas, well, TB really helped I, me with I my TV. relationship with my mother. It brought us back together. I ran out of red ink. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and, and this, this music started, it came up, and it was this fantastic uh, track, um, and it fitted the moment so well, and it, was, and it said, push W to, to ride. And so it was like a guided cutscene, but with a little bit of interact. I wish it yeah. was just a cutscene, to be honest. Um, and I held it down, and then I was like, well, because it, 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 it widescreened it, put the borders in. Oh, you you knew it was important. I knew it was important. I knew it was meant to be cinematic, and it was pretty cinematic and quite effectual. You know, it was, it was like a good moment. I was riding through it, and uh, but the problem was because it bordered it, it letterboxed it, should I say. Um, it got rid of the mini map. I didn't know which way I was going, <laughs> so I was slightly controlling it, which it allowed me to. And then it was kind of, yeah, we're gonna get away. I'm gonna go somewhere. It's tough being a cowboy. With a course, ooh, yeah. you got TB. We gotta go back. <laughs> it's like now you're a man. <laughs> um, <laughs> Coughing up blood. Yeah. 
and uh, digging in the and sand. The, the problem was this really poignant moment, and then I, I made I had to make a choice of which way to go, and I went down towards this like uh, a bridge, and my horse slipped. I fell off the horse over the front, banged my head on a post, and then I fell in a puddle. And then the music stopped because it thought I wanted to go and do something else for a bit. And so I was like, and I just laughed. I was like, this is just ridiculous. You wanted to do this poignant cutscene, but the game is so janky at parts that it it just it ruined its own like poignant moment. And the, that was just hilarious to me. So those two things where you get these incredible surges of like where the acting comes into play and you you get really gripped by the story and the, the visuals start to make sense with it because uh, it's quite stylized. And then these moments where you're just laughing at the game for what it's attempting to do and yeah. failing so badly. And it's... Because we've talked about this before we uh, started recording this, and it seems almost like the linear parts, the storyline, the acting, mm. the writing, are really good. And to a certain extent, the bits where you go off and do hunting and things like that, side quests, yeah. really good. But when you start to smush them all together, which is arguably what makes a AAA game now, wow. yeah. trying to fuse those together is where it really starts to fall yeah, apart to a certain extent. And I'd, I'd agree with, with most of that. It's like the Part of the problem is that it, it hasn't decided what it wants to be. And so it fails at doing any of it. Um, the the problem with, like particularly the hunting, I found... Uh, once I realised what it was trying to pull on me and that there was really no skill involved with it, um, it became something which I, I enjoyed doing for a while until I kind of went, oh, right, OK, hunting the legendary creatures, it's just a grind, it's a side quest. But how much of this do with your expectations? I mean, knowing that it was one of the... the I think we looked up reviews it's, of it, it and it, it said it was, it's, it's the, the highest-reviewed game on PS4 yeah, yeah. and stuff like that, and so the expectations are very high. My, my expectations were to... Uh, were largely to have a great story and so I think that I eschewed that somewhat um, uh, and I think a lot of people uh, the scope of the game is something is it's uh, there's a there's a hubris here and like I said to you the other day that I really hope that it's very unique as an experience it's reminiscent of so many things especially Red Dead 1 as an extension, but it's reminiscent of The Witcher, it's reminiscent of Witcher 3, not the other two. Um, like, made that very clear. <laughs> the, um, uh, and a whole bunch of other games, you know, and certain RPG titles, you know, even stuff like Dragon Age, um, it's reminiscent of that. Uh, but it, its scope is so, so huge that it, it doesn't do anything. So what, what would you do to... Is there a way f of fixing it? Because obviously, when I say fix it, that insinuates that there are problems with it. But yeah. if you look at the reviews, it, it, they're all glowing. Yeah, of course. Um, it, it was hailed as being sort of like a masterpiece and stuff. And I think that was journalistic um, uh, hyperbole, largely. Um, no game is worth the... Like I said before, from what I've read, no game is worth the um, the mental breakdowns and the, the, the office abuse that happened during the crunch yeah. to make this game. But as we're recording this, it's quite shortly after The Last of Us 2 came out. Mm. Now, The Last of Us 2 is a lot different in terms of uh, how what sort of a game it is. It doesn't have that open world thing. It has more of a narrative. And the reviews of that have been a lot more varied 
it's it was um, that it's a sort of like a, a you know different conversation because that was review bombed on Metacritic mm. quite heavily before it even came out by um, what I, I as I can gather a huge amount of incels incels yeah so some um, anyway but there was controversy surrounding Red Dead too as yeah, well yeah, um, with regard to like in the inclusion of the KKK yeah the, um, the 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 topics that it covers are are relevant. And it hand, in, in my eyes, handled generally well. Um, it does things about slavery, does uh, stuff about um, the persecution of um, the Indian nations, which are, it's done in this pejorative sense. Like a lot of the world is this kind of condensed I- ideas of the frontier. But at the end of the day, it's it's a fascinating game. But I, Is it good? Um <clears throat> This is why I'll return to close this because you know I could talk for a long time about this game. <laughs> um, it as a story game, it is it is wonderful. If you have the time and interest to do it, but is it too long? It's bloated as hell. Yeah. Um, the it 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 relies on its it. it it has an overestimation of its ability to compel you to keep going. So imagine you were a game reviewer and you were reviewing it when it came out. You would inevitably, um, at least to a certain extent, rush through it. Do you think that that would give you more of a positive outlook on it? That is um, a, that's a really good good point to me, is the, about the... Um, there's a because of the length of games coming up. It's like how long should a reviewer play play something like this? And there's there's the implication with Red Dead especially that because it's made for an online model as well. So they do. There is a Red Dead Two online. Yes, uh, I've played it briefly, and it's it's basically like a slightly more boring version of GTA Online. Well, there's no which, spaceships, I guess. GTA Online, I, I thought was good for a laugh, but essentially it's a big um, big gambling. But GTA. Uh, five notorious now for not having any DLC. Well, it doesn't uh, need it. It's a uh, it's recurrent user spending. It's yeah. loot boxes and it's gambling. But it's also not what people expected in the beginning. It's what people want now, though. <laughs> Annoyingly, but these games are projected to kind of they'll make their money again and then again and again and again and again. Because and and then when it stops making money, they'll just stop updating it. So let's say that uh, once Red Dead Online gets more content, would you revisit the world? No. In so, no way, and that's interesting <laughs> because because the world is probably supposed to be the I had enough the really it. intriguing thing I've, about I've, it. I, you know, I'll, the, the the odd thing about it is there's there's some the, the trick it plays is to get you get you really familiar with it, and it's really fun as a place to be, and it's wonderfully realised. Um, but as a game, I I can't imagine myself going back and playing through the story again. It's just too big. Yeah. Um, I've played Red Dead through twice, um, Red Dead One, and I enjoyed it both times. It's very clipped. It's still big. It's still really big. It is big. Um, <coughs> so when I played it, I found the the missions that you do quite repetitive. Oh well, you'll hate you'll hate Red Dead Two yeah, for that for that point. And I I, you, I hated it. You were saying that um, certain parts of Red Dead Two in the epilogue, you're doing mini games. Mm. Um, you can you can look at the whole thing as being mini games, um, and this is the this is one of the crucial failings of it is that its gameplay is so deeply thin, um, whereas its presentation, its writing, 
and it's this urge to be cinematic. It's an um, the but if I was if I was going to review it out of ten, I'd give it I'd give it a seven, which I think is actually quite generous. You know, from you know, like as an accomplishment, it doesn't it. it there, there's things in Hauser, the the Hauser brothers sort of like little empire yeah. that they need to address in terms of like the harassment and their culture, their work culture, which I think is disgusting and, and really it, it's tantamount to kind of workplace harassment and abuse. But no, there's no but to that. It's not worth this game, and and I had that in my head because I essentially gave forty quid. Yeah. To to validate that, yeah, and and I feel really uncomfortable with that, and that's a lot of that happening in in the game industry at the moment. I think that's a good way to round it off. Yeah. Really, that it's not a, it's not something that was worth. No, the the input. No, is not worth the output. The a condensed cowboy story at that kind of level would have been incredible. I, you know, and for all of the other things that are in it, and I've. Probably all of the other grindy make work, you know, busy work that it in, invites you to do isn't just isn't appealing to me. I like the side missions. Did it need to be open world? Yeah, I like the I like the open worldness of it. It's just, and I like the size of it. But what are your leaps? What are your gameplay loops? The okay, so, so the next game that we'll talk about briefly, because I've only played it briefly, is uh, Kingdom Come Deliverance. Which, Another colon there. Yeah, uh, which again is an open world game. Yes, but a very different approach. A lot more chilled, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there is you get into cutscenes. A lot of cutscenes at cut the scenes. beginning. Not Metal Gear level, but no, still. No, because that's ridiculous. That's just a cutscene. What nonsense! Isn't it? Um, but <clears throat> my kind of first problem with that when I played was the level of cutscenes but also at the same time it drives you through so you're you're kind of compelled by that because the voice acting is fantastic the motion capture is fantastic all that but then you get out the back of that and then you're just in this place and you're yeah. like right what do I do now yeah, yeah. and it's almost too open it doesn't it doesn't drive you in the right places I yeah think. okay so you know as a transitionary point it's like the uh, the hand holding of Red Dead, and there's like a sh- there was that um, Nakey Jakey video, which I think sums up um, some of my feelings about it. But he, he he makes some very good points about the hand holding missions in Red Dead Two. Because I've completed Kingdom Come, this is the one that we've both played, and I've completed it, and I it's it's certainly one of my favourite games, probably of all time. Um, and I'm not a big RPG fan as it goes, but yeah, it it throws you in the deep end, doesn't it? It so, does. So why don't you tell me? What it is? What is Kingdom colon come colon deliverer colon ns King come deliveroo <laughs> um, Uber edition. Well, it's it, it's purely historical. Um, the places that you visit are actual real towns and cities. Um, the the narrative that is presented has a basis in real life. Whether or not that compels you or not depends on who you are. I was interested. It is interesting, um, but um, I think what really started <coughs> started to grab me was the the depth of the characters. Um, an example of that being one guy. The first time you meet him, he's an arsehole, a total arsehole. Um, Ka- uh, what's his name? Capon. Hans Capon. Yeah, 
Um, and you meet him, and he's a dick. He's in in line <laughs> to inherit like this uh, town that you go to. It's the Baron's son or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, then you go through a couple of little quests, and you meet him in a pub, and he's there after hours. But they're on lockdown. They are on lockdown. Yeah. Well, there's there's the curfew that happened in uh, in old timey Bohemia. So you you're tasked as part of the kind of town guard with having to get people out of pubs, basically. And you you go to him and you say, "Look, my lord, um, you got to go home now." And he's like, "I'm a lord." you can get fucked. And so you start to fight him. Um, and then the fight gets stopped by like his dad or something like that. Well, there's Captain Bernard, who appears. Who, he's who, a big burly yeah, fella. And he's, he's like from Portland or something. And everyone's got weird accents. <laughs> yeah. But then the next day in the game, um, you meet up with Hans again. And you're forced by his dad to go out hunting together. And Hans like, look, mate, I'm really sorry about what happened last night. Let's just go out and go hunting. It'll be really fun. And I, when I first met him, I thought, he's going to be an arsehole through the entire game. But he's not. He, there's greys there, which I really yeah. appreciate. And that's, that, to me, is where depth in a game yeah. comes from. Not through um, someone just being a baddie yeah. for the yeah. sake of being the, a baddie. Um, the, the interesting part of that is that the, within that, they, they paid very close attention to the nuances of hierarchy mm. in in uh, was it 1500s or yeah. it 1300s bohemia even to the point where if you're dirty and you speak to someone above your station they have a go at you yeah um so you can go and wash yourself in a trough yeah you have to do that a lot i wash myself in a trough a lot enough about your uh, day to day and in the game as well um but um when i've been playing it it's quite laborious and i don't say that in a negative way which is strange because i i i don't I don't like games that don't have any respect for your time. And in a mm. way, mm. it doesn't feel like King Come has respect for your time. But I think that is due to a desire to immerse you in the world. So it's a tough balance, I yeah. believe. And that's where the link between these two games are. Because um, what they both have going for them are sort of like this fantastic story. But the, the focus with Kingdom Come was, to me, on this sense of a, there was a hero's journey kind of element where you are it's more RPG led you're you're kind of molding the choices you make one thing I really liked about it was Henry as a as a character and as the character you play you you don't you don't just get better by upgrading your sword stat you get better by doing the sword stuff and there's something really odd about other games where it's like suddenly you're better at shooting you get better at doing the moves in it and that's why it, it it's a really tough learning curve in that game it definitely is because if you just let it lead you by the hand like the mission that I was saying about uh, where I had to go hunting with hands he was like right go and hunt these hares and I was like this is impossible yeah there's no Absolutely there's no reticule is there and then no... <laughs> and then he gets kidnapped and I have to go and rescue him and there's there's only two fellas there and in any other game, you're probably off them within about 20 seconds. Yeah. But in this, it's so difficult. Yeah. It's like the sword... But at the same time, you know that you've done the sword play in an arena, in a safe environment with another character beforehand. So you, you're not frustrated by it. You're frustrated by your own lack of ability. Yeah. Ex- which is, yeah. I think is very key. <coughs> it's not like some kind of like weird thing that you've just been thrust into. Mm. It's like... I need to practice this more because the swordplay is fantastic. It's it's incredibly unique as a game uh, in that regard. Uh, by even by the end, um, I 
I picked a couple of combos that worked for me, mm. and then I was able to execute them maybe fifty percent of the time. <laughs> and and so I got I I tried to get a lot better at arrows, which was, or or you you end up getting um up, there's certain perks you can give to your character at certain levels by doing certain things in the um and so I picked the ones where I could use blunt basically which helps so much you, you not not any sort of like a like a drug reference who's <laughs> kind of henry gunning not oh, oh sorry, it's so ima- just, just blazing just blazing up sir it's like <laughs> um no i think i the, the thing about kingdom come is, is for a, for a small developer who's a kickstarter um small developer that kind of grew in a way uh, to something much bigger than let me ask you a question. Did you in, have, have you enjoyed have you enjoyed opening that beer? <laughs> <laughs> Just gone everywhere. Just, um, did you enjoy what you? What was the barrier? Because there there seems this reticence to carry on with it. Is it too much work in a way? Yeah, I'm I, not saying that it's beyond you. It's just like, is this too much? I find it hard. Yeah, it's a hard game. Yeah, um, because you're not. Um, it doesn't hold your hand. But at the same time, I find that refreshing for reasons that we'll probably talk about um, in a bit. Um, but to me, that wasn't a negative. It was a barrier, but not something that was uh, that would put me off. Yeah. And when I was doing the missions that required me to be better, it made me want to be better rather than just yeah. going, this is impossible, why? Yeah, the, uh, there's, there's something very um, familiar if you've ever played Dark Souls. I played Bloodborne. Okay, I haven't played Bloodborne, but, um, which is impossible. Right. Okay. Uh, apparently, that's easier than Dark Souls. So, right, well, um, what's the point? Then? <laughs> what's, what's the point? Um, <laughs> and there's, you know, the growing sort of um, there's there's this kind of subculture of people that are like kind of nah, get good, get good, you know. Yeah, but I, I appreciate that. You know, it that in itself doesn't put me off. But it's balanced. There has to be it's an avenue. To me. You have to be able to see your way through, yeah. um, which I totally can in, in King Kong. Yeah. Um, you know that you have to go back, do a little bit of training with the fella, and you'll, but the key thing is you feel like you're getting better. You yes. don't just feel like you're doing arbitrary things. Exactly, that's, that's why the experience... You're not just up in your stats for no reason. Yeah, and there's a, there's a whole hidden stat element in Red Dead 2. Which it makes no sense for it to be there. Well, Whereas that, Kingdom so, Come has a very sort of relevant, visible. It's not number heavy particularly, and so I was able to understand it because so, I'm not a numbers guy. But what's the key difference then between Red Dead and which you liked and Kingdom Come, which you love? What is the difference? Um, then? Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I think that part of that is to do with um, it's exactly what you're saying is that there's a desire to be better as a player not as a character because in Red Dead 2 I'm playing playing a character that I have very little impact upon what happens in it and that's not to do with like story shoots or linearity or non I, I love a linear plot I love a character which knows you know a story which knows where it's going and is well formed and Kingdom Come and Red Dead 2 have the same thing in mind there they're very sort of straight plots but the um, I think the the idea is that maybe that's it maybe maybe it's the idea that Red Dead 2 
imagines itself as an RPG, but it isn't. That's an interesting point. And and it's trying to embody some of those elements, and it's just kind of hammed around the side. It's trying to bootstrap things which don't, to me, weren't satisfying. How accurate is it to say that uh, Red Dead 2 is essentially GTA 5, but in a different environment? I don't think that's true at all. Um, particularly, I, I think the tone, tonally they're in, they're they're hugely different. They're uh, hu- hugely different. There's, um, I suppose, the emphasis in GTA Five is knowing that you can just go off and do something. It's ridiculous. chaos. I mean, the, yeah. the, the, there's escapism through chaos in that, mm-hmm. and in Red Dead, there's this kind of it implies that these kind of ideas about morality. It's make taking a bit more of a high, a bit more high faced. Rap. Yeah, most of the time. Um, but then. Kingdom Come is pretty po-faced. Yeah, it is. But there's well, a there's a lot of drinking, a lot of a lot of <laughs> sick. Um, I tell you, I, I, I'll tell you the this might be illustrative of my experience um, to round off Kingdom Come before we go into Playtale. But um, the there was there's one mission in um, uh, say quest. Let's say quest because uh, it's not really missions um, in uh, directed gameplay. Sequence um, that you you do in in Kingdom Come, where there's a you have to infiltrate a monastery to find a, a guy who is connected with a plot. Is this going to be about the Kung Fu monk? No, he's amazing. That that's an amazing. <laughs> All you've said about this game. Oh, no. Wait till you get to the Kung Fu oh, Monk. No, that, I can't wait that long. No, that that's a really fun one. You just get drunk with this guy, and it's an elongated cutscene of just you and this monk getting drunk. It's brilliant. Um, one of the finest cutscenes ever made by man. Uh, the no, this this mission, you, you go into a. Um, you have to basically give. You, you lose all your possessions and all this kind of stuff, and then you have to get into the. Uh, into the monastery, and then there's a guy in there who is doing some dirty work for a government, or so you know, one of the other states, which is like threatening the the status quo of the um, of the fiefdoms, and and there's a, there's a lot of detective work in it, right? But before any of that, you have to end up. Um, you have to <laughs> you have to abide by the rules in in the monastery, in the mon- right. so. There's there's points of because it's a day night cycle. You have to be at certain places at certain times, and the first thing you do is basically you have to go to mass. Like at so you wake up in real time. In I'm not even kidding. In, you wake <laughs> up and you have to you have to stand there. And, and I was just like, so I'd started to wander around and what I felt was like a cutscene, and then the guy was still talking. And maybe it's the the, the kind of the ardent anti theist and atheist in me that was kind of like. I'm leaving the room. I'm not, so I, I kind of wandered off. I'm done. And then they had a go at me. And then I wasn't able to do something, so I had to do some extra chores or something. <laughs> I had to sweep some poo up somewhere. Um, and then there was like four guys that I had to investigate, and then it all had to be done around this time schedule, and it was a really imbalanced mission. So basically I got, I got really bored, so I broke out and I busted all my gear out, found a knife... And went and just stabbed a guy, <laughs> one of the guys who I thought it was, and uh, and it turned out it was him. Oh, well that worked. And out then well. and then all the monks went a bit mad, and then some guards came in, and then I, I did a runner, found all my stuff in a chest where I'd left it, and and the, the point was that the game allowed me to do that. Yeah. And it felt organic when I was doing it. Um, there was 
There was one great moment. To, uh, I was actually playing Red Dead today, and it, again, it was one of these f- game fail moments where I was like, "Really, game? Are you doing this?" And so I'm, I'm playing as John Marston. Spoiler alert! At the epilogue, part one, building a fence, building a fence, and all this stuff. And so I've, I was training up this horse to, you know, just I was wearing a horse out. Um, to uh, to give back to the the ranch owner's son, and then he was like, "Okay, boy, I'm going to get you back here." And then he said, "Take and it came up with the thing: take horse back to Duncan. All right, yes, I will obey. You know." And then I ran straight into a gatepost, and you know, and it, it was, I was it just uh, Jeremiah has been killed. Jeremiah was the horse. And I was just like, "Christ alive!" I just. <laughs> You know, and then I had to repeat the entire thing, and it's, that's respect for time. But there's also like, okay, what if I killed the horse? You you make me an open world, which, you know, the somebody you know, all, they, all of this direction, all of this effort put into these things, whereas setting the setting a context for stuff to happen it must be incredibly hard to have all those variables kicking around and I'm not getting developer and all this kind of stuff but Red Dead is developed it's overdeveloped into a corner whereas Kingdom Come just kind of lets stuff happen organic gameplay is, is very very ready in that game and it's really interesting given that um, Red Dead is done by a developer with all the money in the universe and Kingdom yeah. Come was kickstarted. Yeah, I mean, so, and and they're kind of using emergent behaviour to a yeah. certain extent, and it's it's surprising that it doesn't cock up more than it does. It does cock up quite a bit. Okay. I will admit, <laughs> it's it, I mean, it's buggy. It's a it's a it's a janky game, but at the same time, it it's beautiful to look at. It's really yeah, stylized. Um, the soundtrack is amazing. Everything. I I really really enjoyed. It reminded me by the time I got to the end of. Um, yeah. Red's come. No, <laughs> deliverance. <that's> something else. <laughs> uh, the, um, there's there, there was a sort of a reminded me a little bit of how I felt or how I always feel when I watch um, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. There's this kind of like yeah, kind of you know what I mean. There's yeah. a satisfying kind of nature to um, to Kingdom Come. There always is. It's. It took me a couple of goes to get into it, and I've said that to you. It's one of those ones that I had to go, like, I really... It's not that I, I, was like, it, I want to like this. It was like, I need to give this another Yeah, chance. it does make you want to play it. Yeah. In a way, I've got zero desire to play Red Dead 2 even now. Um, <laughs> I haven't heard you say that it's actually really good. It just doesn't appeal to me. It's it's good. For the, the things that I enjoy, I'm... I'm I was much... I'm... I'm easier to convince to to enjoy a story presented that well. Yeah, and I, and that's key. I can forgive a lot. Like there's been several games recently where all I've been looking for is just a really good story, and actually that's a good way of bringing in yeah. the other so game. Plague Tale, Plague colon, Tale, which has excellent reviews, and people are like, oh yeah, you know, it's got you're really going to be struck by the narrative, and I really wasn't. <clears throat> it's very thin. Every part of that game is very thin, and if you look at any um, trailers for it, it'll all hang off this mechanic of the rats. The rats, yeah. The the premise behind the game is that you are this girl, and um, all of a sudden, um, people descend on you and destroy your uh, familial home, and from there, 
the whole region that you occupy is infested by rats. So, hence Plague Town. And so you... So it's Penzance. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no <laughs> offence to Penzance. It's a lovely place. So you start off the game with your brother in tow, this little toddler. And you literally have to hold his hand. Um, there's no other thing that you can do apart from just march around with this kind of reminds me of um, what's it called Uh, the the prequel to Shadow of the Colossus Um, oh I can't remember that's annoying Ico yeah very good yeah yeah, basically emo simulator yeah yeah Um, and it's it's annoying it's just deeply annoying and you go through the game the little kid kind of uh, goes and does something else or is given into the background um, and you get new partners to pair up with and that's an excellent mechanic See, I, I didn't really know about liked. that because I, I, I've only watched videos of it but it never shows that side of it. it that's my favourite part of it that you have these companions who have different talents. So it's set in what, 1300s France or something like mm. that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, There's a plague. There's a plague, but at the same time, the English are invading. Oh, no. And so the scenes where you go through the a worst. massive battlefield. <laughs> I'm um, sorry. <laughs> and it's, it's really grim. You're marching through this battlefield and they're, they're wandering over all these Squishy corpses. Bodies. Going, uh, 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 uh. But the problem with it is that the, the actual gameplay is very dull. In the same way that something like The Last of Us was a, a good story, but the gameplay was quite thin. It's like that but a lot more linear and a lot more contained and you only have one path that you can choose. You have to go through it. You have these buddies that are good in terms of giving you something a little bit refreshing at any point in the game, but they don't give you any more freedom. You don't select the, what they can do at any but time. But the gameplay loop doesn't change. Exactly, because it's always, oh, you've got Philip. He, if you press E on that thing, that's all you can do. You can't pass that unless Philip goes and opens that door. Or that unless. sounds like those Lego games where you need RTD to to get that secret thing to get find all those blocks. Except without the fun. And more rats. Yeah. And the, the thing about the rat mechanic is that it, after the first two times that you do it, it becomes very boring. It progresses. So you, you shine a light on them, right? Mm. Yeah, and they, they all kind of <coughs> dodder away. Um, <laughs> dodder. No, no. They're supposed to like see and pulse. It, it, it's funny because I'm reading Journal of a Plague Year by. Uh, uh, I always want to call him William Defoe. Um, <laughs> just not William Defoe. Very um, strong imagery. Um, by oh, what's his name? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, by Defoe. Let's say. Um, yeah, he just wanted to kind of doddering around and uh, talking to people around uh, Bru- Bruegel's time, going like, "Oh, the rats are doddering." Somewhere. It's, like, <laughs> it's a bit more worse than that. <laughs> It's like anyway, they, sorry. they they found this mechanic and they were like, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. And then you can see why the game around. I can see why it's exciting. And this is why I, mean, I think it's an appropriate point to bring in Sona, um, uh, Sona's Sacrifice Hellblade, which is it sounds an almost identical situation, is that you have developers who have fantastic engines to use they can make really realistic, uh, not realistic, but stylized perhaps, or um, immersive like journeys to go yeah. around. Yet, I wonder how much different from Dear Esther these things are. Well, I think I said to you when I was playing it, it is essentially a walking simulator because... I don't the, have a problem with those. The, the combat is nothing, really. It's, it doesn't get hard until the very end. Um, and a lot of dodging, right? 
Yeah, and and oh. you have a so you have like a what's it called wand. Uh, uh, what's it? Oh, a catapult, slingshot, slingshot. Yeah, um, and you level that up over time, um, and your companions, particularly the brother, gets more stuff to do over time. But ultimately, it boils down to just a very thin level of gameplay. That there's a mechanic as you go through, which is to collect things that you can use to kind of expand your inventory. But all you're getting in your inventory is just more ammo for the stuff that you already had. So yeah. it's, it seems like something that they added on, just to say that you have to collect more stuff. Yeah. For no reason. <clears throat> yeah. For no reason. What I will say about it is that it looks fantastic. The music is brilliant. The end um, is good, um, kind of satisfying, but the whole thing's just a bit silly, and it doesn't have the kind of like the pathos that I, I imagined right. it would have. The weight of the situation wasn't reflected in the way it came out. No, not at all. You told me it's more magical realism than it, realism. What I, what I really wanted from it when it was about probably three quarters of the way through, I wanted it to be like uh, Rogue One. Where everyone dies at the end, I was like, "That'd be smashing." Because I hate them all. Oh, so you, all yeah, died. I was just about to say that's usually a bad sign when you go, "No, I don't care about any of these people." And and a couple of the characters do die, and it has some weight, but like one in particular, you you barely get to know, and so it Whatever. kind of doesn't matter. Yeah. Another one, there's a very lengthy scene where you can try your best to defend him, and then at the end of it, he helps you, and then goes, "You keep going." And then uh, he lets you through a door, and then oh, he, he dies anyway. Himself, yeah. yeah, and that is really weighty and really nice. Uh, nice, not 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 to do the switcheroo, you know, and, and go to like the the biggest death cliche in in all of gaming. I think is uh, you look at something like Aeris's death in Final Fantasy VII, where you and that that isn't a spoiler, by the way. The game has been out for, for so long. Um, <laughs> the, the point is that she's a playable, usable character who develops, and when her death occurs, you go, and it's that investment, yeah, because you have used used her as a character, you played as her as a character. Um, when thing when people uh, when characters become disposable and token, and I and, and to Red Dead Two's credit, it doesn't do that, and there were genuine moments of like, I was going. Oh, I really hate that character. I really hate him, you know, because it, it sucked me in, you know. And I think that's that's a really important point. In Plague Tale, there's a character who's like a big hefty fella who kills your dad at the at the very beginning. <clears throat> and um, in the way that we're saying about Grey, like Kingdom Come. Well, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Exactly the same. But, um, I don't <laughs> no, know. What, I don't know what happens to that character because I haven't got that far. <laughs> no, no, um, you, you missed. Didn't you miss the cutscene yeah. when your parents died, which is his main motivation for the entire game? Yeah, my wife was shouting. He's like, "Your dinner's ready," and I was like, "I just want to watch this cutscene." Oh God, escape! Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I forgot my point. Oh yeah, so in Plague Tale, there is like a hefty character who um, kills your dad, and you want there to be some nuance to that character, but there isn't. Mm. There isn't. He dies in a horrible way, in a very predictable yeah. way. And <clears throat> and throughout the whole thing, I was just ploughing through because I thought that there was going to be some twist or some depth to the story, and I never found mm. that there was. And it was it was so disappointing because there was some real nice bits, but throughout it all, 
just shallow. Yeah. And and the interesting thing is that you can find commonality and differences between all three of those games relating to linearity and open world. It doesn't matter necessarily the the overall nature of the game. The strengths and weaknesses are the same yeah. throughout all three. And I, I'd argue that open worlds can expose those uh, the, the flaws in it far more. That's true. It's but because the, the, the boredom factor, which you need in, in, in gameplay, you need time down from action. But then in Plague Tale, there's nothing else to do. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a, a thing where you can go and find some flowers and the, the main character puts the flower in the, her hair. Yeah. Big deal. All that means is that you get an achievement when you reach the end of the game. So what? I don't care about that. Yeah. And this 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 does um this um because we should probably wrap this up um uh but so what would you give that out of ten? I gave it. I'm very relieved to uninstall this out of ten because six, it frees up my six hard rats part. out of ten. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, it, was, it would be about six out of ten. Yeah. It's not a great game, but and it's not even an, a great experience. Like there's a lot of games that I've played where I got to the end and some bits have been a bit of a struggle, but when I got to the end, I was like, that's quite satisfying. But none of it felt difficult. I don't think it's even a difficulty choice in that game. There is an option to replay it, but there's no replayability. Story heavy, hashtag. You know. But the story's really light as well. Yeah. So it, the whole thing was a real disappointment. In Something that I, I saw got really strong reviews. When I got to the end, I really didn't understand Maybe that. it's praised because of it's a bit of an antidote to a lot of open world games. What I think is that the gaming world, as huge as it is, is really starved of strong narrative. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Games don't... I mean, we've talked at length about the difference between film and uh, games. I don't think that gaming is anywhere near the strength of narrative. Yeah, but it doesn't need to be. It this doesn't because, the you, point. <laughs> because you have other things. But if you're going to have something that is essentially just... If it is a walking simulator... What is the thing that, that drives you through? It's got to be the story. I, and I, so if it doesn't have a strong story, then it's pointless. Yeah, a massive bugbear of mine is how how do, trying to trying to co-opt the tropes of uh, of movies that Red Dead was trying to do and is still trying to do to me. Um, I don't need that. I want I want to. This it's an interactive medium. Yeah, it's it's, fi- it's fine to use those tropes. Because Absolutely. you know them yeah. and almost feel comfortable in them, yeah, so yeah. if it does use them, then that's fine. But see, um, the, the, what I wanted to end on was because um, uh, you mentioned flowers in your hair, and it reminds me of something you do in a, a classic game called "Don't Starve." So you know, usually we do uh, <laughs> a moment of um, of uh, uh, of saying what else have we been playing? We played with a friend. We played "Don't Starve." Can you just give me a two-word summary of um, "Don't Starve"? Fuck that. Okay. All right. We'll leave it there. Uh, and no, I can't just use two words. It's one of the worst games <laughs> I've ever played. What's the point? They made it a multiplayer expansion specifically to make it even more repulsive to the player. It doesn't have any respect for your time. It's not interesting. The randomly generated maps are just appalling. It's like, oh yeah, so you're going to need stone. Oh, we'll randomly generate a map for you. It doesn't have any stone on. Thanks, mate. So you have to explore 2,000 miles away while a load of pigs try to put their penis in your mouth. No, that game should not exist. It's a horrible game. So next time we'll probably talk about 
<laughs> I, I'd, I'd like to say that um, I agree <laughs> almost entirely, and I have seen a new bit of DLC pop up today. Uh, what is it? Pig fucker? Uh, probably. <laughs> um, so uh, perhaps next time we we might be going into the uh, the plumbing the depths of uh, StarCraft Two and Counter Strike. It'd be nice to talk about some games that we actually genuinely yeah, like. Um, so these are the two that we've been playing the most of mm. over the uh, shutdown lockdown, and uh, and have been um, had a. I'd, I'd, I'd say that with Counter Strike, I've I've learned to love it. And with StarCraft, I've learned to love it, then, <laughs> then hate, hate it, it yeah. and then mildly be annoyed by it. So they're, they're two great multiplayer games. But the difference, <clears> I would say, uh, between those two games, we won't talk about them in particular now, but the difference between those two games and the games that we've talked about in this one is that they have spent a very long time honing mechanics in an iterative way, yeah, yeah. whereas all of the games that we've talked about today have just been splurged uh, released mm. and they are what they are yeah, they yeah. don't have the time to iterate on them to make them so like concise yeah yeah um, well that was that was incredibly interesting um, uh, and uh, we will return uh, when we break you out of the swaddy in jail mm. so that's uh, that's goodbye from me in the, uh, the the joyous outside and bye <laughs>